sex talk Derek and Miley Cause sexuality is tough And okay sex just isn't good enough No Sex talk With Derek and Miley Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. Now, we are going to be doing a series. Uh, a series, and this is essentially for you, the listeners, to understand not only just me and what I do as a mental and sexual health therapist, but I want to introduce you to the therapists that work with me in my center. I, I really want you to know these folks so that when you call or when you email us or however you get a hold of us, which is... Um, uh, easy to do at mentalandsexualhealth.com. <laughs> Let me just plug the website real quick. Uh, it's We have therapists that do lots of different things, and they love to work with lots of different people. So I want to introduce you to my, the, the very first therapist who started working in my center. So um, Jen is an OG. So meet <laughs> Jen Adair. Jen is a licensed mental health therapist, licensed in Washington State, Maine, and Florida, and will bro- both probably be licensed in more states eventually. <laughs> Thank you for doing this with me. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so like, I, I do want to talk about this a little bit because I think you are, you and I have had this conversation many, many, many times where, where we are often trying to teach clients that it's okay for you to find a good therapist and find a therapist that matches you and your needs. So how do we help these folks who are listening ask questions when they call us and they call anybody else to try to figure out if it's a good fit for them? That's an excellent question, Erica. A lot of times (laughs) I'll get um, clients who ask me what types of diagnoses I work with. Have I worked with the problem that Mm -hmm. they're presenting? Have any of my past clients had any success? And sometimes it's just chatting a little bit about what it is they're looking to get some help for and feeling like, do I feel comfortable enough to even tell you this stuff? How are you yeah. responding to what I'm saying? And if you got that click, you can kind of build the relationship from there and see if it's a good fit. Yeah. It's not just the experience of the therapist. It's do your personality mm-hmm. click. Do your, can you feel it out in that first conversation, which I encourage all of you listeners to really ask those questions, start to get a feel for who is this person I'm talking to. And I mean, the best you can in 15 to 20 minutes. I oftentimes um, in the consults I do, it's like 30 minutes usually because I'm really trying to get a handle on, okay, am I really the best fit for this person? Because we know that why, why therapy works. It isn't a technique. There is no technique that is ironclad that is like, oh, wham, bam, all done. It is the relationship that you build with this person that is altogether unique. A hundred percent. You want to feel trusted and everybody wants to feel like they're gotten. My therapist understands me. They know, you know, they're able to help me and I feel safe to share, share tough stuff. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We are, we are the story collectors of the world. That is what we do Mm -hmm. fundamentally. And we can we can push you in ways that your friends can't, your family sure as shit can't. Like we or, can or shouldn't be. No, as well, <laughs> because you wouldn't never you wouldn't hear it anyway. Regardless of your family dynamic, like you wouldn't right. hear it anyway. Yeah. That's not where you want it coming from, even if it's well intentioned. And sometimes it's not. So yes, yeah, seek out seek out a therapist. <laughs> yes, for sure. Come, come talk to us. So like, um, I I do want to hear from you, like. 
what clients have you have you connected the best with? And, no, and we're not going to be talking, we're not going to be naming names here, people. Like that's part of therapy is that your information, no matter what you tell us, is completely private. And it's actually protected by law. So <laughs> everything you say to us is completely secret, except for only very few instances, which is like harming to self or others. And or if you knew of a kiddo or if you were a kiddo being harmed, like that's when we do have to say something. But it, it most everything else is completely secret. So like when it comes to like the big themes of people that you have worked with, that you just genuinely connected with, what, who comes to mind? Well, respecting the vault of secrecy, which you just Mm -hmm. explained so beautifully. Mm -hmm. I think the majority of people that come through that I connect well with have experienced some kind of trauma, whether that's in a traditional sense, where one would jump to abuse or just the trauma of life, of random things happening, or difficult home situations, work trauma, anything like that. People who are questioning their identity, who they are in this world, who do they want to be, whether that's someone who's transitioning from school to college to adulthood or into the workforce, whether that's someone questioning, do I follow this traditional sense of married with 2.5 kids? Am I questioning my gender? Am I questioning my sexuality? And the trauma that can come along with any of those things and the risks that that takes to pursue that. Those are sort of the people I jive with. So everyone. Pretty much, yes. I'm I'm just that amazing. No, no, definitely not. I'm kidding. But we all have some degree of trauma, right? So that is a very broad thing. And I guess when when I say that from like abuse to life, you know, some of the smaller things, realizing that we all have some of it to varying degrees and it can impact Absolutely. us. So whatever it is someone's struggling with in that sense, yes, that's that's what calls to me. Yeah, the, the, I, I think there, this is something you and I have, have always shared and I think that it makes, us, it makes us a good team in a lot of ways is that we both have a lot of experience working with people with various types of trauma from, from everything from like trying to just live in the world with your identity, whatever Mm -hmm. that identity is to like really severe examples of actual like emergencies or harm done to them or childhood harm done to them. Mm -hmm. We've, we have done a lot of that work, you and I, and I, I think there is something that that it really does it doesn't matter really the issue that comes in the door for us it is this this bottom basement theme that runs through all of it is am i enough yes as a result of whatever this trauma was this is often the thing we the that that core down deep and dirty insides like Am I enough? Am I normal? Oh my gosh. Like, and whatever normal means. I'm not exactly. even going to get into that, but like, am I enough? Like, mm-hmm. it, I, what is that? Is that, that, that ba- basement? Yes. Yes. <laughs> belief. Is that what you you're saying all the time? And most of the time what I hear is I'm not enough or I'm not, yep. I don't deserve this or mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm damaged. I'm broken. No one would want me. I don't even want me kind of thing. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, a lot of um, self work worth, work that goes into working with clients with trauma. So yes, at the core, there's a lot of that, right? Just fear-based thinking and the anxiety that comes Mm -hmm. from sort of the threat response of the trauma and also just that self-deprecation, right? So when you can get someone to realize, maybe I can't control my feelings, this feels huge and scary, but I can control Mm -hmm. my thinking about it and I don't want my whole life to be driven by fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Those are some pretty powerful light bulb moments and that's, you know, that's where things start to shift. So that's, that's the exciting work for me. 
it's helping you're talking people. about like helping people shift that narrative of maybe terror yes to a narrative of I can redefine who, mm-hmm. who I am. I can mm-hmm. redefine how I respond to this. That's, that's yes. pretty incredible, Jen. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but from what you said, from terror, right? Who wants yeah. to, I mean, sometimes we enjoy reading a good horror story. We don't want that to be our life, though. When you're coming oh, from a narrative of no terror to coming to a place of some acceptance of things that happen to a place of empowerment, that's yeah. that's pretty powerful. So. Yes, I enjoy doing that and helping clients along that path. Yeah, I think there's something there's something too getting to to walk with someone on that redefinition. Yes. That is that is I I don't know about you. I'll you know, I'll speak for myself. It it is transformative for me as a therapist. It is transformative for me as a human to get to mm-hmm. see someone who on their darkest day did something, said something, or or experienced something, and that they can take their narrative back from that darkest day and not let that darkest day, whatever it was, completely define their story. Yes. I live for those moments. They're great. (laughs) Some of them are few and far between, but it's a privilege to be along for that journey and to get to witness that, for sure. Yeah. Seeing someone get to decide that uh they are they are the agent of their life is 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 pretty it's it's fun that's weird fun but it's fun <laughs> I, I always have to like pause and or you know explain to a client when they're presenting a problem to me or we're working through something really you know difficult and I'm like this is really fun for me and I uh, let me explain I'm not mocking you I'm not minimizing it but this is this is the work that I really enjoy and it's exciting to feel like I have some tools available to maybe help you when you're ready and willing to do this work. So that's when we say it's fun and we're being nerdy therapists about it. Like that's kind of what we mean. We're not mocking you. I promise. No, not at all. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, a good day at work for us. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. It is. It is a fundamentally good day at work. Yeah. So when you think about some of the transformation around identity, mm. like what comes to mind for you? Like some of the things, maybe the questions that somebody might be asking themselves. Oh, I get a lot of questions. Who am I <laughs> is probably the, the biggest one. And, you know, the response is, I don't know that. And it's okay if you don't know that right now either. And and we can mm-hmm. explore and help you figure out what your values are, what you believe to be true, challenge things that maybe you're struggling with. So whether it's a straight identifying man who's struggling with this masculine, you know, toxicity and not wanting to be a part of that and saying, it's okay if I cry. Oh my goodness. I can have emotions. I can still, I can be a good man. And what does that mean? I don't have to Mm -hmm. pretend to be this, or I can challenge these beliefs, or it's okay for me to enjoy the ballet that doesn't have to be threatening or, you know, and how, where, how, where does my gender fall and how can I get comfortable and confident with that? And for, for other people can simply be, what's my gender identity? What's my sexual identity and getting okay Mm -hmm with acknowledging to themselves a truth about attraction or preference mm-hmm. or interest. And, and that's super fun too. Lots of fun conversations around that when you can just kind of blow off the, you can say whatever you want here. I don't care if you're a dude who's into nail polish and foundation, we can chat makeup yeah. or, or if you're a woman who's, you know, saying maybe I don't want to be, that's fine. Like all of that in the door, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. 
the exploration is yes. okay, regardless yes. of where we end, right? Like wherever that, whatever the answer ends up mm-hmm. being. And I've it had that conversation matter. too. You don't have to have a hard and fast decision in this conversation with me or in this work with me. You may yes. change your mind. You, you get the luxury of figuring this out and coming up with your own definition of who you are. You don't have mm-hmm. to um, feel pressured to take yourself out of one box and paint yourself in another one. Just, just be you. So who is you? It doesn't matter to me how you identify but let's get you feeling comfortable and accepting the facets of yourself that you're struggling with, whatever they may be. So, Oh, mm, mm. it's Fun such stuff. good stuff. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. And, uh, Jen and I have both been, uh, working a lot of with the sheer amount of trauma from the pandemic. Mm, mm-hmm. Like this is this, this on its own has been, uh, I mean, it's been a hell of a year and a half for all of us, all of us, therapists included, and we're holding and carrying all of your pain. This isn't to make you feel bad for us, but to just give you all context for for what we're about to talk about here. What are you noticing, especially as we're in this place right now, and this will come, this episode will come out later, but it, hopefully we're mm-hmm. still on this trajectory where things are starting to look up. Things are starting to get better. Mm-hmm. N- numbers are de- declining of people who are getting sick. People are getting mm-hmm. vaccinated. And mm-hmm. uh, y'all go get vaccinated. If you haven't, do it, do it, do it, do it. If you can, if you're not allergic, go. That's the one lecture you'll get from me today. <laughs> <laughs> but like this, the healing from mm-hmm. something such like that has been a, essentially a cultural trauma. Yes, indeed. Has been. This is this is. I mean, therapists haven't done dealt with any of this in you know at least in here in the U.S. for a hundred years. I mean, certainly nothing I ever thought I'd be experiencing in my lifetime. Sincerely hope I never have to go through anything like this again. So yes, cultural trauma for sure. I think speaking to this this the transition piece, right? Like yes. people are starting to transition from isolation to not isolated. Like, so what are you hearing from some of your folks about? I think the, the primary thing is exhaustion. I think people Mm. were not prepared for the mental and physical exhaustion of returning at least to some degree, depending on where you are and what your situation is to life, Mm -hmm. whatever normal was. So the idea of having to get up earlier to shower and put on professional clothes and leave the house and Mm -hmm. go to work and be present, let's say for eight hours and what that's like versus getting to roll out of bed, toss on your sweatpants and a nice top and sit in front of your laptop for, you know, some, just those shifts has, it's been Mm -hmm. exhausting. And I know we were talking earlier about just, wow, looking at all the things that we used to do, whether they were extracurricular or household things or whatever, and just saying, I don't, have it in me to necessarily want to do that. The energy is low and just kind of reprioritizing how we spend our energy. So I hear a lot of exhaustion and a lot of, you know, fear and anxiety about, do I want to be doing this? Do I want to be working full time? Do I want to be working out of the home? Mm -hmm. You know, all, all of that. And how do I get back to a schedule? I think it's been kind of, it's just been very mentally taxing for people. And I I think you're onto something with that questioning of, did I, do I want to go back do I want to go back to the life I had before? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a valid question for us to ask ourselves. Like before the pandemic, us mental health professionals were looking around going, okay, y'all are working a lot. And, and the level of stress you carry every day is fundamentally unsustainable. Yes. And damaging in the long mm-hmm. run. So do we Absolutely. sign back up for that now, knowing what 
we know. And some people don't have that luxury. Some people need to for financial reasons or whatever. And so how do we balance that? Balance is always one of my favorite words with clients. (laughs) Finding the balance. Balance. Mm -hmm. And and the, like when I hear um, some of my clients talk about like the the, the companies that they've worked for that advertise work-life balance, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, uh, a line of bullshit. Yeah. And especially since they've experienced a year and a half of being at home, many of them, especially the ones that, that work in any of these like more uh, tech or biotech worlds, mm-hmm. it, it is this uh, full look, look out, look out at the landscape of things going, ah, I don't, mm, you mean I got to commute for two hours and now I got to go put up with all the coworkers that I barely like to begin with. Hmm. Wait, I don't know. I did this successfully for a year and a half, not having to do that. Maybe I don't have to, or yeah. trying to trying to find yes, yeah. And then there are other people who I think are just dying to get out of the house. They they yes. need to be out, right? So you talk mm-hmm. about like the isolation that people felt, or uh, you know, people who would identify as a little more extroverted or just mm-hmm. need need that division of home and mm-hmm. work to be separate. So I think there's some excitement as well. Um, oh, yeah. not, not to have it all be negative, I guess, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 we're know. hearing, we're supposed to have like the, the roaring twenties again, right? Like the, the, we, we culturally, we're having this conversation of like, we're supposed to have the roaring twenties again. And the question I ask then is though, are you actually listening to yourself? Are you actually listening to your insides? Mm. And, and it doesn't, I, I think it, we're all a little bit introverted. We're all got a little bit of extroversion in us. Like I, I think some people, uh, especially culturally with uh, the popularity of personality tests online, they, they assume this is what I am. This is what my sign is. This is, I'm an Enneagram eight, some mm-hmm. shit. And they think this is, this is it. This is the box that I live within when in reality it's much more fluid than that. It's, true. it's, it's not as defined as we would love it to be as humans. And people are having to face after a significant amount of trauma and stress through a year and a half that, oh, the things that are important to me aren't actually what I thought were important to me. Right. Which may be one positive, (laughs) you know, (laughs) takeaway from the shitstorm that was this pandemic that we've, you know, survived, Mm -hmm. hopefully, for those of us who are fortunate enough to have. Yeah. Yeah. What's important? How am I going to spend my time? How am I going to keep myself healthy? Absolutely. And balanced. Yeah, balance. Uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just, just gonna keep. Just gonna <laughs> feel like I need to send a shirt to every single one of my our, our clients that are in the center. Balance, balance. Damn it. <laughs> yes, it's important. <laughs> so I I just so appreciate you being willing to come on and introduce yourself to all the folks out there listening and anybody that is looking for a therapist. So how how do they find us, Jen? How do they find you? Well, they've, as you've already so artfully plugged, I'm easily accessible through the website, the Center for Mental and Sexual Health.com. You can also find me on Psychology Today. I think that probably covers the easiest ways. Yes. Yes. Unless I'm yeah. fixing on yeah. something, in which case you can help me out. But those are the ones that are coming to mind. Yes. That is the, the places. Jen doesn't, Jen is not uh, the. Is not a, no, I was going to be nice. <laughs> oh. I was going to talk about social media. Like, oh, yeah. n- you, you don't love social media and good on you. <laughs> I mean, I, I have like a, a, you know, mediocre relationship with social media. I'm not, I, I'm not as into it as, as, you know, some younger people may be. Oh, the young I'll ones. Say. Bless them. Bless them. <laughs> yeah. We love, we love you. We love mm-hmm. you for, for taking over the thing that we, that they made in our generation. 
because right. we will gladly let it go. <laughs> well, maybe some. I mm-hmm. feel that way. I will gladly yes. just feel yes. here. That's one of those things that I think we could say you were just alluding to. Like, what can we let go? What is really important? And I feel like less involvement in social media is just. Oh, get off. Yes. Here's a plug. Probably got to help your mental health a little bit. Make good Oof. choices. <laughs> we know. Like, from the research, we know. Like, Jen and I could, oh my gosh, we could be here for yet another <laughs> whole episode about the things and the effort around social media that mm. is just unnecessary. So there is a free freebie from us. Uh, look <laughs> at your screen time, start reducing the amount, amount yes. of time you spend on social media that will improve your mental health tenfold. So again, thank you for being here. You're and, so welcome. And, and y'all, if you want to talk to Jen, specifically, you can find her at mentalandsexualhealth.com and all that website information and everything will be in the show notes. And we will see you next time.